Commercial developers, farmers, private homeowners, and other entities are mired in the regulatory reeds in a seemingly endless battle over one of the most basic necessities of human life, water. On this episode of EHS on Tap, we dive into the controversial aspects of the Environmental Protection Agency and the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers' Waters of the United States rulemaking and the current legal landscape. Welcome to EHS on Tap, an environmental health and safety podcast from BLR. I'm your host, Emily Remmel. On each episode of EHS on Tap, we'll discuss emerging legal, regulatory, and policy issues with industry experts and the impacts to everyday environmental and safety professionals. EHS on Tap will run the gamut of contemporary environmental issues, including water, air, waste, as well as cover a wide variety of safety issues. On this episode, Wading Through the WOTUS Waters, we talk with attorney and water expert Stan Millen with the law firm Jones Walker in New Orleans about the ongoing regulatory and legal dispute and the significant implications over the five-word phrase, Waters of the United States. Mr. Millen has been practicing environmental law before the courts and agencies for over 40 years. He also teaches curious law students the intricacies of environmental law. Stan's legal expertise extends to wetlands, which we will hear much about today. Welcome to the podcast, Stan. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So we're here today to talk about the evolution and controversy over regulating water resources in the United States. But to fully understand this controversy, we have to know where it began. Stan, can you enlighten us on where this controversy started? Uh, Yeah, it, it started in the 1970s right after the passage of the Clean Water Act, uh, there was an initial controversy over what type of waters were uh, covered by this new statute. Traditional waters like navigable rivers, or did it extend beyond that to more land-based areas and wetlands? And there was a case that heard this initial controversy in 1975, and that's called NRDC versus Callaway, uh, which ruled on the environmentalist side and said uh, the Clean Water Act covers more than traditionally navigable waters and set the stage rulemaking that over the years expanded the scope of waters covered under the Clean Water Act. Uh, Now, the act itself covers many programs. It's not just one thing. It covers oil spills, end-of-the-pipe discharges, reportable quantities for chemical and oil spills, national contingency plan for cleanup of uh, contaminated areas, and also what we'll focus on here, I think, is Section 404 of the Clean Water Act, which deals with waters also, but in particular captures wetland regulation. So uh, I think that covers where it started and how it got going. So this has been obviously a big deal for the agencies, especially the EPA and the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, for the better half of the 21st, the 20th century and on into the 21st century. But what really makes this a big issue for the person that probably doesn't know so much about the regulatory landscape or waters of the United States? Um, what really drives this home to somebody that isn't quite familiar with um, what waters of the United States really means? 
Okay, I, I guess the first comment I'll make is uh, the, the rule in question here, which is the final rule by EPA and Corps of Engineers under the Clean Water Act uh, on waters of the United States, but it's popularly called by an acronym WOTUS. And that uh, acronym does tend to distort or confuse what the real issue is uh, because the statute itself uh, Clean Water Act uses the word navigable waters, and uh, that signifies navigability has some role to play in what waters are covered. But later on in the statute, the navigable waters uh, are uh, defined to include the waters of the United States. So are we talking geography or navigability or something in, in between? But uh, because the Clean Water Act covers many programs, uh, the use of the word WOTUS tends to be confusing because the regulation in, in play here tends to expand jurisdiction mostly in the wetland area, and it's not that clear-cut because the other programs are affected too, but they're, they're hardly more than tweaked by a, an expanded definition of waters, but wetlands is uh, significantly uh, impacted. Uh, it's just like uh, using an acronym tends to confuse, just like uh, the government uses the word, uh, the acronym EJ, uh, environmental justice, to refer back to issues of environmental racism. But EJ takes on a life of its own and tends to confuse the issue. But on the WOTUS rule, which I'll sometimes call the new wetlands rule, just not to be repetitive, uh, it essentially will impact developers state highways, farmers, and many other private and commercial entities uh, because it does expand uh, waters. Uh, I should say that the uh, WOTUS rule or the new wetland rule is not really about safe drinking water per se. Uh, th this rule does not deal directly or much at all with safe drinking water. The Safe Drinking Water Act does, and one program under the Clean Water Act, the end of the pipe discharge, uh, program does somewhat, but the, the, uh, the rule here really affects an expansion of jurisdiction over wetlands. And EPA has done a good deal of uh, advertising and marketing that the rule is for clean water, which, which is partially true, but kind of clouds the issue about wetlands. Uh, here, I'll read one of their advertisements. Uh, clean water is important for drinking, swimming, and fishing. We need it for our communities, farms, and businesses. Uh, but right now, 80%, excuse me, 60% of streams and millions of acres of wetlands across the country aren't clearly protected from pollution and destruction. In fact, only one in three Americans get our drinking water from streams that are vulnerable. So again, the focus is on, in the marketing of the rule, because EPA wanted to chill congressional efforts to halt the rule as well as sell the rule to other communities, it seems to be on drinking water. And really, only indirectly does this rule affect drinking water. And on the wetland part, it doesn't really affect it at all. So the significance is this rule boils down to a federal land use control. Uh, many view the new regulations as a federal land grab. Does that mean that the federal government will have authority or in the water world jurisdiction over streams in, in private backyards or puddles or 
um, the like. Can you briefly comment on the federal land grab issue at play? Well, if, if the regulation expands inward from truly navigable waters to more semi-dry, semi-wet areas inland, that would be more areas that the federal government can control under the full, full wetland program, which requires permits, mitigation, et cetera, and, and may in fact delay or kill projects. Uh, and issues there is, is could, could, a, could a ditch that flows water during a heavy rain be regulated? Uh, how about a puddle? How about a small stream? Now, the regulation does give some clarity uh, by uh, saying certain wet areas are not regulated, like prairie potholes, and also exempts some other areas, some ditches, uh, some ponds, like on golf courses. So if a golfer hits a ball in the water, it's not necessarily regulated. <laughs> but uh, uh, the, the, uh, uh, the outrage is that if the rules expanded inland too much, uh, then it's affecting areas that are mostly dry year-round and that are only occasionally wet. They are not, we're not talking about the controversy affecting flowing streams or coastal marshes. We're talking about the effect on more dry areas. And yes, that could be backyards, and there are cases about people developing houses on backyards, although most likely we're dealing with impacting larger developers, uh, highways, uh, et cetera. Excellent. So just to be, just to go back to this issue for a moment, the waters of the United States, and I guess we t covered some of this at the beginning, has been very controversial for quite some time. And it's my understanding that a lot of both private developers as well as environmental groups have pushed for the EPA and the uh, Army Corps of Engineers to provide a little more clarity to what they mean by waters of the United States. Um, isn't the EPA here trying to just clarify the chaos that's been happening for the last 15 years, um, both through their regulatory actions and what's been going on in the United States Supreme Court? Well, it's true their intent is to clarify, and people, including the Supreme Court, have asked them to clarify, but not many believe there's a true clarification here. Uh, there is some clarification, like I mentioned before. Certain areas are excluded from regulation, but as the EPA giveth, they take away. For instance, a, de a ditch is uh, on dry land is not supposed to be regulated, but then they add if it's near near floodplains or if, if it uh, drains into navigable waters, it is regulated. So there's still some uncertainty even among the exemptions, which, and the EPA gives numbers like footage between a river and a, and a wetland that is within its jurisdiction or is not. So there's, there's some specific specificity and, and clarification. But uh, what, what hurts, I think, is uh, the fact that they marketed drinking water uh, as, as a reason for the rule, which, which is only indirectly true, like I said. 
there's really an underlying expansion that affects all the Clean Water Act programs, but like I said, also, it's more like a tweak in some programs, but it's, it's a significant change because it is expanding in the 404 wetland program. And what makes that so in particular is that Justice Kennedy in the Rapanos Supreme Court case in 2006, uh, and he was a concurring justice in that opinion, and uh, his, his idea of a significant nexus uh, comes out of that opinion and the agencies have adopted it, including in this rule as a, as a governing device for wetlands. In other words, uh, even if the Clean Water Act focuses on navigable waters and flowing streams into them, uh, significant nexus means that as long as some wet area, including a wetland, has some uh, hydrological or ecological connection, a, a significant one called significant nexus with that flowing waterway and navigable waterway, it's regulated. And that could be 30 miles inland. And that, that's a far cry uh, how far significant nexus attaches. So although the Clean Water Act is trying to protect the flowing and navigable waters, and it's really regulating adjacent and nearby wetlands as habitat to protect those waters, when you have this significant nexus test that stretches miles inland, you create an artificial tether between maybe a more remotely located wetland and the flowing water that's uh, legal fiction. But that legal fiction is apparently what the agency will use under the rule to regulate land area, be it private land or a state highway, uh, et cetera. And EPA also, in support of their rule, had a uh, scientific study that found that even upstream waters and wet areas have a significant effect on downstream waters, uh, and that's covering the wetland miles away from the navigable river. And that's, that, uh, that notion is true. Everything on Earth is connected somehow to everything else. But that godlike view has never been a test of regulatory ju jurisdiction. And really, the EPA is using the word upstream to really connote more further inland, dry areas inland having some significant nexus to uh, waterways miles away. So it, we, most people think it's an expansion, uh, a subtle expansion, and the most significant impact is the regulation and coverage of wetlands. So more dry land that happens to be occasionally wet inland, miles inland from a waterway could be covered by the statute affecting private, public, and commercial projects. Right. So, Stan, you also mentioned the the most recent Supre uh, U.S. Supreme Court case, uh, Rapanos in 2006, and the significant nexus that uh, concept that Justice Kennedy came, came up with. And uh, I just wanted to get your take on where this so this final rulemaking came through last August and was put on hold through the courts across the country I just wanted to see your point of view or hear your point of view on what else is going on in the legal landscape and what do you foresee in the future um, for the waters of the United States or the clean water rule or wetlands rule as you called it 
Well, the, the, the rule was immediately uh, attacked judicially by various uh, uh, private and public groups. Uh, and um, there, there's initially a controversy under the Clean Water Act as to whether a federal district court initially can hear the challenge to that rule, or is it properly in a, a federal appellate court? Uh, and the Sixth Circuit uh, was one of the first cases to take on the rule, and it, first of all, stay, stayed the rule nationwide. Uh, the rule was final in August of 2015, but it was promptly stayed around October uh, of 2015. And, and, but there are a number of other cases pending in the district court level outside of the Sixth Circuit. And another circuit court, the 11th Circuit, has a similar case. So uh, uh, the Sixth Circuit has ruled that appellate courts do properly have jurisdiction over the challenges to this wetland or WOTUS rule. Now, whether other circuits will agree or not is an issue. And so we may go a couple of years just deciding, having courts decide which type of court, a district court initially or an appellate court initially, gets to uh, decide whether the rule is valid or not. That is, is it properly an exercise of federal jurisdiction under the Commerce Clause? So more procedure uh, than on the merits? On the merits, uh, yeah, these, these courts will eventually reach the merits, and obviously the Supreme Court uh, will, will get the rule sooner or later, uh, but we're looking at years, I think, to resolve uh, right. whether it's a valid rule or, or not. So, uh, and the Supreme Court has other cases pending right now that touch on the rule, although they don't deal with the rule. One case is the Hawks case, and that deals with another procedural issue of when a landowner uh, contacts the agencies, the court EPA, as to whether or not they need a permit, uh, information is required by the agencies and the agencies, particularly the Corps of Engineers, makes a wetland call called a jurisdictional determination. If the land is, if the wetland is regulated, uh, then the permit process has to unfold, which can be expensive and time-consuming. Um, and um, uh, the point there is, once the agencies say we have jurisdiction there's virtually nothing a landowner can do until a year or two later after they fulfill the whole permit process and then almost why bother if they get their permit at a price. So the Hawks case is over the issue of whether a agency jurisdictional determination or a wetland call is final agency action subject to judicial review at all. Right. And we have a split in the circuits and the Hawks case will probably be deciding that in a, in a couple of months. This summer, right. So. Also, uh, Congress has had its hands in the uh, Waters of the United States rule or WOTUS rule um, and have attempted to halt the rule. Um, can you comment on Congress's uh, role in the future outcome of, of this? Well, of course, all this depends on future elections, who the future president is, and, and who's going to be uh, nominated eventually to sit on the remaining seat of the Supreme Court. Uh, Congress's efforts to block the rule have been unsuccessful, 
as part of EPA's media blitz uh, a year or so ago, uh, was attempts to uh, persuade constituents to uh, advise their uh, Congress people not to uh, uh, pass a bill that would that would stop this new rule, and it, it hadn't stopped. Uh, the rule goes on until a court stopped it, uh, at least temporarily right. it stayed. Uh, right. Yes, Congress could have be another means of, uh, uh, of re-reviewing the rule depending on the outcome of the courts. And of course we have the courts battle continuing. So it, it's, a, it's a never ending battle. Right. Well, excellent. That is all the time we have today. I'd like to thank our guest on EHS On Tap, Stan Millen, for being with us and discussing the controversy of the WOTUS rule.